and you could see signs and billboards and there were trees and it was like it looked like a real road it wasn't a fake graphic like two blue lines on the side oh my god <laughs> hey yeah, yeah go tones uh i i will be uh 41 in two weeks so my birthday is in two weeks so i'll be 41 years old and uh i'll be 41 in two weeks so that yeah i'm giving away my age i'm almost 41 you don't sound you don't sound a day over 17 Okay, so so you're a you're a little you're a couple months older than us, Gotons. Just a couple months. So anyway, so like uh, you know, you wrote or earlier you wrote in your in your notes that. Uh, let me go back to my notes here real quick. Hold on. You wrote in your notes that uh, you basically you sucked at uh, Gran Turismo one, basically one through five, because you couldn't yes. tune, tune to save your life. Now, my experience my experience was with uh, with the original Gran Turismos on the PlayStation. My 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 approach to the game was basically just buy all the upgrades. You know, like you know. Yeah, you keep racing until you have enough money to buy the biggest, the the best upgrade, and then you just keep going that way until basically your car is unstoppable. You know, and then you just move on to the next series and the next series, and just just spend all your spend all your money on upgrades. And I think for the most part, way back then, I don't really think you really needed to tune your tune your car all that much. Like I don't really. No, to to me it wasn't really important to uh, tune the car. I think like, for me five is where that started to happen. I think. Yeah, I, I think as the as the series gone along, it, it has gotten more important that you know how to tune your car. But in those game in those early games, like tuning was just it, tuning was not important. It was just putting more onto your car. But I didn't understand what I was doing. Like what is the, what impact is this having? Just like you, I just put everything on the car and try to build the uh, OP. Yeah, ba yeah. Basically, go. what what I what I did was basically what uh, if I you know if you go to the uh, you know basically the upgrades menu and say okay which one which one is going to give me the biggest horsepower boost? <laughs> so basically, yeah. I only only I picked. Away. I picked. I just picked. Pick the uh, pick the uh, upgrade that gave me the biggest horsepower boost, and off I went. And I mean, for the most part, most part that always worked. I think I remember there was uh, there was only one car. There was only one car in those early uh, Gran Turismo's where buying the biggest biggest upgrades did not did not work and they when it required a tuning it was a uh, it was one of the uh, one of the Subaru it was one of the Subarus because basically you put I I remember I put like a uh, like a stage 4 stage 4 turbo on uh, the Subaru and basically I think what it did was it uh, it made it made the car like the tur the turbo was so big that the engine basically could the engine basically wasn't strong enough to like spool up spool up the turbo, so basically it was like really 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 slow off the line, like you could eventually get going but it it uh, it was very very slow off the line because I think what happened was that the uh, the engine the engine couldn't power the turbo couldn't 
power the turbocharger uh, to, to actually spool up fast enough. So that that one required some tuning. I eventually tuned it, but I think that's the only one where I, you know, I actually had to tune it to actually get going. Right. So yeah, I don't I don't remember that at all. Not at all. I just yeah. remember calling over my wife going, hey, check out how cool this is. It looks realistic. And then the blank expression of, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you, could, you could tell Midnight Wife isn't a gamer. She's not a gamer. She, she loves watching me play video games. She enjoys the heck out of it. She loved uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid. She just, it's oh, oh, cutscene. And she just come and sit and watch a cutscene. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> and then she's like, call me when there's another cutscene. It's like, oh, okay. But yeah, I think GT5 is where the upgrades really became important. I had, I bought Prologue in Japanese. Yeah, I was, I was, I'll, I'll get, no I'll get to, uh, I'll get to uh, GT5 Prologue in a, in a bit once we uh, reach that. So, uh, so we'll uh, continue on to uh, Gran Turismo 2. The next game in the series uh, that would come out in December of 1999, almost exact, almost exactly two years, two years to the day after the original GT. So that one was also, I think that came out like the second, the second week of December in Japan in 1999, and then. Uh, the uh, the North American release would actually be ex exactly two weeks later, and that was that was uh, December twenty twenty second or twenty third. I don't I don't exactly have the exact date, but it was uh, it was uh, the North American release was pretty much right before Christmas. And uh, with the Gran Turismo two, the visuals the visuals and the gameplay were were a little bit better. Than the original, I mean, not not a great leap forward, but but the uh, but the game, but the game overall was a uh, was much 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 bigger. They uh, the I, I told you that the uh, the original the original Gran Turismo had 140 cars, but the second the second Gran Turismo had almost 650 cars and 27 tracks. So basically, they just they just out and out just went crazy on adding, adding more and more cars. That's like uh, that's uh, 500, 510, 510 more cars. So that's another instance of like. So whenever I played Gran Turismo 2, my my uh, my opinion was, how do they do that? How did they go from 100, 140 cars? To over 600 cars, and I knew. I even knew back then. I even knew back then the original PlayStation did not ha did not have a lot of uh, a lot of storage space. You know, it was it was it would it didn't exactly have a, the the biggest memory the biggest memory of it you know, on any system. So basically, I was like, how did they do it? So. Uh, do you do you, how much how much uh, what do you how much do you remember about uh, Gran Turismo two? Uh, Gran Turismo one, two, three. I might have missed four. Everything up to five is just one game for me. I don't know if it was one, two, three, or four. They're all rolled up into one experience of wow, this is cool. Check out the graphics. Uh, throwing more parts on the car, making my car op. 
and then trying to complete all the licenses. But one, two, and three for me are pretty much. I'm quite sure I missed four and six. Oof. Was it one, two, three, four? That's prologue. Let's just say one, two, three, and four are just one game for me. So the, nothing, nothing really, nothing really stood stood out to you. They oh just... my god! Look at the graphics. Oh my god! It looks so real. Oh my god! I feel like a race car driver. That was it. And and we're gonna move on. <laughs> look at the look at the gra- <laughs> look at the graphics. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so so like there's one there's so like so pretty much Gran Turismo 2 was just a continuation of the first one with more more cars and more tracks. But there's one car one car in the game. And, the, and there's one car in uh, Gran Turismo 2 that I want to give us give one a give a mention to. A uh, hey Thrill House, how's it going? And that is the uh, the Suzuki the Suzuki Escudo Pikes Peak. Now this this was a <laughs> yeah. OMG the graphics. Basically, what uh, the uh, the Suzuki Escudo. You can look. You can look this up on on YouTube. There's plenty. Of, there's plenty of vi- plenty of uh, videos out there. But basically, what the uh, the the uh, Suzuki Escudo had uh, for the for the second game for Gran Turismo 2, it maxed out at 981 horsepower. And there's a there's a famous glitch. There's a glitch in uh, Gran Turismo 2 that you can pull off. That that would uh, would allow basically to if you if you tuned your car in such a way you could actually make your car actually take off. I mean, sorry, excuse me. Can we define, uh, Your Honor? Please have the defendant define take off as in leave uh, the ground and fly into the air. Uh, your Honor, please. That is correct. The car oh will. <laughs> the car. The car will. Li- the car will literally take off. All you. And it's like you. And you know. Because the. Uh, because the speed got so high, I think. Basically, what you did. What you did to do this, was you set your down. For, you uh, basically set your downforce to. Extremely high on the back end. I don't know exact, the exact setup that you have to do, but I do. I believe what it is is that you set your you set your downforce to be extremely high on the back end, and on the front end you have absolutely no downforce. So basically, once the car once the car reaches, I think I think it's about don't say eighty eight miles per hour. Don't no, not not eighty eight miles per hour. <laughs> I think you go about three hundred and fifty three hundred fifty miles per hour. And basically, you'll you'll see that you'll see that you'll start seeing the front end start lifting off. Okay. So, flight time. I used no flight time. How much air time did you could you pull off with this glitch? Oh, geez, I don't I don't exactly remember. I, you know, like like I said, you can find videos out there, but I think I think what it what the difference is. Uh, so like Gran Turismo three, Gran, Gran Turismo three had the same thing. So like I. Okay, with the second game, with the second game, I don't think you could actually fully fully take off. You can't like fully take off, but you can basically do.
do like an extreme extreme wheelie with the with the uh, the car in the second game. So like, basically, you're just driving all the back wheels while the front is like basically almost at a nine degree ninety degree angle, and the car will reach speeds of like six hundred and fifty miles per hour. So it's so basically you're just you're just basically driving the car standing straight up, and your car will eventually get to about uh, 650 miles per hour. That's how much I remember about the second game. Mm-hmm. Now when we uh, now we're gonna now we're once we get into uh, once we get into uh, Gran Turismo three, I'll uh, I'll give you more more of the breakdown of what happens with the uh, Suzuki Escudo, but. Uh, now uh, that we're done with the uh, the PlayStation Gran Turismo's, now we're going to get into the uh, the arrival of the PlayStation Two. Now, uh, how much? Now this is this is not necessarily not necessarily Gran Turismo related, but uh, what was your? Do you remember your experience with the uh, the launch of the PlayStation Two? Okay, this is okay. This is it then. Whatever was on the play, I didn't have a PlayStation Two. That's it. Whatever, on the, whichever iteration was on the PlayStation Two, I didn't have it. But the the PlayStation Two itself, did you did you get one? When when did yeah. you? Uh, no. You no. never you no. never got a PlayStation Two. I had a. I think that was that weird phase. It was either like a Sega Saturn or the GameCube or something else. I bought something else. The Dreamcast, I never maybe. Bought a PlayStation. Possibly a Dreamcast. Whatever came out at that time, that's what I opted for. I'm okay. sorry. I apologize, Internet. Please don't hate me. <laughs> he didn't have a PlayStation 2. Blasphemy. I know. I know. I feel so bad about it now. So, like the the uh, the Japanese PlayStation 2 launched in March of March of 2000, and the uh, the North American North American launch was in uh, October of 2000. So, I was quite lucky because I had I had my. Uh, I had my uh, my PlayStation 2 pre-ordered, so I actually got my I actually got one the day the day it launched in October of 2000. So I was uh, if you, if you did if you didn't pre-order pre-order PlayStation 2, you weren't gonna get one. Like it just you could it was nowhere it was nowhere to be found on shelves. So I was uh, was quite happy that I had a uh, I actually got one pre-ordered. But the problem the problem was. That uh, that when because I got uh, because I got the PlayStation 2 at launch, there was not re- there was almost no games. There was almost no games whatsoever released for the PlayStation 2 when it launched. I think there was maybe I think there was maybe one or two games at launch. I can't tell you. I can't tell you which ones were. Maybe maybe there was a game called The Bouncer or something. But uh, but the uh, the launch lineup for the PlayStation was was terrible. So basically, I got a, I got the uh, a launch PS2. But thankfully thankfully I still had because it was backwards compatible with uh, PlayStation One games. So I I was still I was still able to uh, to to play PlayStation One games. And at the same time, if you remember, the PlayStation Two actually came with a DVD player. So, so I actually, so I actually, honestly, you know, with my uh, with my PlayStation One games, I actually probably spent more time. 
I actually probably spent more time using my PlayStation 2 as a DVD player than I did actually like playing games originally. That doesn't sound like that was well organized. That no, it, it it was it was a mess. It, it the the launch was was really a mess. And then, then I, rem- I remember specific. And I, another thing I remember about the launch of the uh, the PlayStation Two is I remember hearing the story, hearing stories on the news of people walking out of store, walking out of stores with uh, PlayStation Twos, and then getting mugged and robbed of their PlayStation Twos. That's how that's how that's how much of a that's how much of a mess it was. I mean, it was terrible. But uh, thank thankfully, I didn't I did not have any issues getting. Getting my PlayStation into my car, getting it home, and 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 uh, and getting it set up. So basically, I went, I went, I pre-ordered it from a GameStop back back when they were uh, Funkoland before they before they came GameStop. They were Funkoland. So uh, basically, I got I got my PlayStation Two, and basically I I trucked it to my car. I mean, I was I was not walking around waving my PlayStation everywhere. I I was just out the door, put it in my car, went home. And got it set up. I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. But the uh, the problem with the problem, another problem with getting the uh, the PlayStation 2 at launch was I had to wait wait until wait until nine months later after the launch to be able to get Gran Turismo 3 because the uh, Gran Turismo 3 didn't come out until July July of 2001. So that was that was nine months, nine months in between the launch and Gran Turismo. I knew, I knew Gran Turismo Three was was coming to the PlayStation Two. That's why, that's why I wanted to get the PlayStation Two when I did because I, but back then I didn't know when when the uh, the game was going to be released, and I wanted to be absolutely one of the first people in line to get Gran Turismo Three because I was really really into uh, Gran Turismo at that time. But then, unfortunately, I missed out on that. But yeah, that, that and and uh, like like your like Goton's previous experiences with uh, Gran Turismo Two, my 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 experience with uh, Gran Turismo Three when it launched was, OMG the graphics! Like you think you think Gran Turismo Two was a revelation in graphics? When when I first saw Gran Turismo Three, I, my mouth was just stunned. I was like. Wow, these graphics—they're so beautiful. But uh, you know, like because because Polyphony Digital focused so much, they 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 actually did focus more on the graphics. They put so much so much of the memory of Gran Turismo Three into the graphics that uh, they they uh, a lot they the. Uh, the content, the content of Gran Turismo 3 was was uh, was was slimmed down. So, like the number of cars in Gran Turismo 2 was 650. Well, the uh, the number had to be reduced to about 180 for uh, for Gran Turismo 3. So, while the graphics were a lot better, they uh, they had to uh, they had to slim down the the actual like. The meat and potato, the meat and potatoes of the game, but it it no even even slim even slimmed down. The game was just it was a, it was a real joy to play. 
so now we're going to uh, now we're going to move on to Gran Turismo 4 now the uh, the second game on the PlayStation 2 and it's uh, they they took the same approach to Gran Turismo 4 as they did with uh, Gran Turismo 2 because when the Gran Turismo 4 launched they basically went all out and added so many more cars and so many more tracks you know basically just the the uh, the graphics the graphics and the interface weren't really the focus like a lot of times with those first four games the first car focuses on the graphics and the second and the second one focused on the uh, the the volume of content so basically then three the three went uh, graphics and then four basically it's the same thing again they went uh, they went all out on content so they didn't really really focus too much on upgrading the graphics they more or less went with volume so like the Gran Turismo 4 it uh, it came out with over 700 over 700 cars and the uh, the number of tracks had increased to over 50 and it also uh, it also improved it also improved the uh, the the progression system like it had a really 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 good uh, progression uh, progressive UI and the one thing I want to highlight uh, I want the one thing I want to highlight about Gran Turismo 4 is a very very specific part of the game and this the the Gran Turismo 4 had a uh, had a feature called special missions and the special missions were basically like uh, let's see uh, basically they wanted you to they it was like a setup where they wanted you to per, perform a particular feat you know and in a certain either a certain amount of time or uh, get past this car basically it's like a like a challenge so the very the very very last mission of these special missions which was number third number 34 and this was uh, this this is uh, this was nightmare fuel. This was game. This uh, mission was nightmare fuel for me whenever I played Gran Turismo uh, Four, because here's the deal. Before before you can start, before you can even get start, let's uh, let's let me put it to you this way: before you can even get started on this mission, you have to wait two full minutes. Before you, before you could even get your start, get your car rolling. So basically, you're waiting two minutes, and if you if you make a mistake, if you make a mistake anywhere on this on this mission, basically you have to restart because because the uh, the window the window for uh, for for completing the mission was so tight, like it it required all of all of the uh, the track. In or basically, in order to pass the uh, the final the final car, you know, like a lot, you know, to give you an idea of of, uh, of how much how much you had to run before you could even see see the final car. Basically, it was on the last the very last corner of of the track. So, like, basically. If you're with, if you're within striking distance on the final corner, you were barely past them. So, so the window the window to completing completing this uh, this challenge was was extremely tight. And if you made a mis any kind of mistake, 
any kind of mistake at all, you had you had to restart. You could not you could not make any mistakes. So basically, if you made a mistake, you had to restart. Well, then you're waiting another two minutes before before that, the uh, before before it gets started. And so that sounds excruciating. Oh, it is excruciating. And let me tell you, do you know what the track is that the uh, the mission took place on? Do I want to know? Oh God! Take, take a wild guess. What is the most excruciating track you can think of in Green in, 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 in Gran, Gran Turismo? Green Hill. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. The Nurburgring Norschleife. So basically, oh, yeah. so basically, if you make any kind of mistake, you know, you better you better make the mistake at the beginning because if you make a mistake. Say towards the towards the uh, towards the end of the race, like if you were to if you were to uh, make any mistake on the, that final that final straight, you know, coming down towards the end, if you like uh, happen off, if you hit the wall or something, you had to restart. So basically, that's uh, that's ten minute that's ten minutes of your life you just wasted, and then you have to restart, and then you're waiting another two full minutes. Before you can get your car started, and then it's just—it was just an absolute nightmare because you were not allowed to make a mistake. That's what—that when I when I say the window to completing this challenge was was airtight, you could not make any mistakes at all because the car—the car that you were using that they set you up with was the uh, the McLaren Mercedes SLR. Now. I'm sure you know what the uh, Mercedes McLaren SLR is, right? Not really. Uh, I'm going to exit out of here. I'll actually show you this car. So, like, you can see what the car looks like on stream because it's in Gran Turismo Sport. So, I will go into my garage. Okay. And I will show I you. I don't remember. While you're doing that, I don't remember completing all of the licenses. I don't know if I completed all the licenses in one or two. Apparently I missed three and four if they were on the PlayStation 2. So that means I've played one, two, whatever was on PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. I, don't, I didn't play six. I missed six, I think. So I played one, two, five, prologue, and whatever came after that, and then sport. But I remember just, oh man, okay. I was going back to, I don't know how to drive, trying to complete all those uh, those missions. They're so frustrating. All right, all so right. so here's the uh, here's the uh, Mercedes Mer McLaren Mercedes SLR. Oh, okay, okay, yep. So basically, this was the car. This was the car that you used. Now you're this. You had to use a stock. You had to use a stock. You weren't allowed to tune the car. So basically, you had to use a stock Mercedes Benz, and they uh, they used. You weren't allowed to use racing tires. You had to use sport tires. So That's basically, already. See, so like you're you're basically driving. You're drive trying to drive a street car as fast as you can on sport tires. On a and on a non-tuned, on a non-tuned 
Essilor McLaren. So I believe I believe the suspension naturally because you weren't allowed to tune it is it's set up like really soft. Like so you're basically you're basically in one of the uh, the softest you're basically driving on one of the softest most squishiest suspensions that you could ever imagine around around the Norch life. And basically, it's 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 kind of like if you were to drive this car on ice skates. I mean, it's the car is so floaty and bouncy. It was it's just it was so it's such a nightmare. I mean, it was an absolute nightmare to try and try and control this car because I mean it's it's heavy. The car it, the car is heavy, and it's very 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 bouncy and squishy in the suspension. So it's just. It's it was just nightmarishly hard to hard to control the car. You know, I every time every time I every time I recall this mission, I still I still get the shivers because it took me it took me so so long to do it. I eventually I eventually did complete the challenge. I did do it eventually, but man, it took a long long time.